I am Lights Camera Jackson. Welcome to the LCJ Q&A podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. Back in early September, I had the chance to screen one of the most anticipated movies of the year for Disney fans, Mickey, The Story of a Mouse, a brand new documentary coming this Friday, Mickey's birthday, November the 18th, to Disney+. Plus. Joining me, director Jeff Momberg. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I love the film, and I love the fact that you won a Critics' Choice Documentary Award. I was just at the most recent ceremony the other night as a member of the CCA for your editing work on Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers documentary, now Mickey Mouse. You're attracted to the icons, aren't you? <laughs> I What I think about with the Critics' Choice Documentary Award is how heavy that award is. Like I gave it to my daughter and she just started dropping it as I had to take it back. But it's like, if somebody breaks into my house, I'm grabbing that award and I'm like using it like a hammer for self-defense. Cause I'm telling you that thing is weighty, you know? Powerful in multiple ways then clearly. Yes, yes it yeah. is. Yeah. Well, that is so cool. Yeah, that movie was fantastic. This Mickey one as well. And really what is the, the biggest thing about Mickey that you really wanted to either set the record straight about or just get across when it came to this documentary? Well, you know, I mean, I think it's strangely this thing that we all share. It's kind of as close to joy as we're ever going to get it as a symbol, which is very bizarre that, you know, this little mouse is something that puts a smile on all our faces. And, you know, I grew up in the 80s and, you know, Mickey was great. He, he was my nightlight. He greeted me at the park at Disneyland. My parents were super excited to take my picture with him. I was excited, but I didn't really understand that he was this like Chaplin level actor, you know, in early animation and so much at the center of kind of, you know, early film uh, and animation history, you know? So for me, a lot of it was, I always try and find stuff. It's not like I'm, you know, I'm an authority and therefore I will make a movie. It's sort of more like I have, I like something and I have questions about it. You know, it's kind of how I roll in terms of documentaries I want to do. So Mickey to me was just sort of instantly like, this is, I love Mickey, but I've also got some questions. So maybe we can figure out these questions. Mm, you address a lot for sure. And you go through the different generations of Mickey in terms of his design and his personality. What's the design and or the personality that speaks to you the most? I would say that kind of early, well, it's not really early. It's 1939, 1940, Mickey, Little Whirlwind. It's kind of the freest Mickey ever was in terms of the design. I think there's just something so beautiful about that Mickey. I, if I had two shorts, they were my favorite would be Little Whirlwind and Brave Little Taylor. Um, and, you know, that kind of era of Mickey the kind of um, pre-World War II Mickey is really, um, you know, there's certain ones that just, you you just really can't beat them. So I don't know, I don't know. I would, I would probably say that that Mickey is my favorite. That's a great choice. And, and you mentioned 39, 40 around that era, obviously Fantasia around that time. And, and what's interesting, you dive into the fact that Fantasia was aimed to be a real comeback for Mickey around that time, because at the same time, it was like Donald and Goofy were, were becoming more popular and Mickey needed a chance to get back into the spotlight. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, interesting that Mickey sort of gets so big that he kind of loses his ability to have emotions in a way, you know, and those emotions are sort of sent off to Donald or Goofy or, you know, whoever is appropriate for the story. But Mickey is sort of this like host straight man. And, you know, that's not really 
I don't think where he operates best. You know, I think what we respond to in that character is a character who's small, but mighty, who's trying hard, who's never going to give up, who, you know, has this perseverance and, and this joy. And, you know, by, by that time, he was really uh, in need of a comeback in the sense that a lot of the f- other characters were having much more fun than he Mickey wasn't even allowed to have fun anymore. Yeah. Fascinating. You go into that and fascinating to see the clips you chose of Walt Disney. How was it choosing which archival uh, Walt Disney clips you wanted in this? It was one of the great things about working on the film with Disney was that, you know, Walt Disney sort of had smartly kind of filmed himself in all these situations. So if you wanted images Walt probably shot it. <laughs> you know? um, so it was it was fun to see kind of uh, that early studio stuff, stuff that you normally wouldn't have access to. You know, and we're talking about the mid 20s or whatever, when he's struggling as an animator. And yet, lo and behold, he would be there. You know, he made a short about what it was like to be an animator. So we would use that, you know, so um, definitely uh, kind of treasure trove of archival material. And what's really cool for Mickey fans, not only the amazing things you do in this documentary, but you get this new short, Mickey, in a minute. And how did you discover that could be the through line for this, this really cool short? Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things I really enjoyed was uh, getting to watch Eric Goldberg and Mark and Randy work. The fact that they were doing not just a Mickey short, but hand-drawn, the same way that Mickey had originally always been animated, really. So, um, you know, it was just kind of natural that as we kind of worked through this timeline to have this progression of the short being made, I always felt like I wasn't going to get any closer to Mickey than the kind of tip of Eric's pencil, you know, on that page, you know, so watching Eric work, I'm sure I shot way more than I ever needed just because I couldn't help myself, you know, Um, because he just is really a great guy to hang. I mean, he almost embodies Mickey in a way, you know, Yeah, he was here on the podcast this spring for his uh, sketchbook episode when he did the gene oh, yeah. mm-hmm. for Disney Plus. And yeah, what a, a joyous, you're right, a joyous guy to talk with and and loved working on this because I asked him a, a little tease about being a part of this. And it's great that he's involved and that you're able to showcase this short and the talent of hand-drawn animation. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people are always saying, what what's Mickey going to do next? I I'm not smart enough to answer that question, but I do say that I hope whatever it is, it's done hand-drawn because that process is really, you know, I, as a parent, I watch CG features, animated CG features with my daughter all the time, but there's something to hand-drawn that's just really special and needs to keep going. I completely agree with you. Jeff Momberg is here on the LCJ Q&A podcast. Mickey, the story of a mouse is on Disney Plus this Friday, November the 18th. Mickey and Donald were huge influences, World War II, the Holocaust, the Vietnam War, when you came across some of the key moments, and there's one in particular, an emotional moment that got me and will really get a lot of people. When you came across some of that, how did that make you feel and realize as a filmmaker, wow, I have to use this? One of the things that I kind of knew going in that I wanted to explore was the not just the on-brand Mickey, but the sort of off-brand Mickey. You know, I think taking copyright out of the equation, which is sort of another aspect of it, but just taking the idea that people were so enamored with this character and he was so filled with meaning uh, at that time that they would take him and use him in different ways. Like you say, in very emotional ways. 
Um, that to me was something that I really wanted the film to include because I, as somewhat of a art freak, I think what Milton Glaser did with him in Mickey Mouse in Vietnam has just as much value as some of the on-brand shorts, so, so to speak, you know, um, I think that it, it shows how close we are to that character that we're using him and adapting him to our own means and our ways of expressing things. So, you know, I, I thought that that was really important. And then, like you say, you know, some of the stuff, uh, you know, World War II specifically really to me um, had real meaning. Yeah. Yeah. And and you mentioned being close to the character. I think all of us of any age can find some way to identify with Mickey. And and what do you think after interviewing some people who are true Mickey fans with all the merchandise? What do you think having so much of Mickey in one house or one place or and those three three circle shapes? What do you think that really says about a person? You know, I think it says they're able to find that little bit of childhood joy inside them. You know, I think ultimately that's what it's real, an invitation to going back to that. I'm not that person, frankly. I wish I was more like that. And I think the movie maybe taught me to really grab as much joy as I can get and, and you know, use it. Um, and it's a good reminder. I think Mickey's a good reminder that there was a time where we were all innocent, you know, so I think when I see people like that, I'm fascinated and I totally admire their spirit. I'm a do- I'm the guy behind the camera. I'm, I'm just, I'm not that interesting, you know, but, but seeing people like that, I find beautiful. I love it. Yeah. That, that positivity absolutely glows. One of the people you interview in this movie, one of the most fascinating people probably in the history of the Disney company is Bob Iger. Uh, my whole lifetime growing up with Bob Iger being at the center of it all and the decisions he has made that have, has been so influential to Disney and to our world. How was it interviewing Bob Iger, having him be a part of this? When you're looking at the kind of scope and shape of the film, there's a period in the middle where Mickey kind of becomes post Walt's death. Mickey on a brand level, like an inside the Mickey verse, him as a character, he really means nothing anymore. You know, he's not on screen. He's nothing but a product and a park greeter. And the the character is completely lost. In talking to people both inside and outside of Disney about that time, all roads really led to Bob Iger. There was really, he was really the one who had, like a lot of people, loved Mickey as a kid and knew that he had stopped being what he was. And so, you know, it's at the same time that, you know, kind of all these uh, people outside of Disney are playing with Mickey. Mickey inside Disney means very little. He's like on a check. He is greeting fans, but I remember that. It wasn't the same as what you're seeing in the 40s, the 50s, you know, uh, the 30s. So it definitely was a situation where he was able to articulate what Mickey had been and what he no longer was. And so to me, that back into the film is as simple as you say what you want about Mickey as a consumer product. There's sort of no denying that, but in terms of like, it won't ever be anything other than it is, I don't think, but 
the release of Mickey as a character and his ability to be himself again and have emotions and be played with by creative people. It sounds so simple, but that was completely off the table. Mm -hmm. So just the ability to say, do what you want with him, because I know you love him as an animator, go with it and do those things. You know, that's, it sounds very simple, but it was a sea change in terms of how Mickey was thought about. Yeah, Bob Iger made some fantastic decisions when it comes to the character. Very quickly, Jeff, six years away from Mickey turning 100. How do you hope that 100th celebration goes for Mickey? As long as he is hand-drawn, mm-hmm. I, I'm i all for it. I don't know what form it's going to take. I don't know if it's a short, if it's a feature, if it's, you know, I have no idea. I'm not that smart. But I do know that having done this film, that hand-drawn animation is not to be forgotten or ignored or or downplayed. And Mickey's the easiest way to understand the beauty of it. There you go. Jeff Momberg, Mickey, the story of a mouse premieres this Friday on Disney+. Plus. Thank you so much for being on the LCJ Q&A today. Really nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. For more, go to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and lights-camera-jackson.com. <laughs>